This is Owning Your Shit with Carson McKenna, a series in which I read from my journals. The series was recorded over a few weeks period in winter of 2022 and addresses various themes from friendship to panic disorder. Shadow work. Dun dun dun. My shadow is like the Linda Blair possessed version of me. She's green and she's veiny. And in my case, she was actually really chubby because she ate to feel loved or she ate to deal with the pain of not being loved. And her greatest warbling lament was I won't be lovable. If they saw me, how I really was. Here are some words that I uncovered during shadow work associated with myself. The parts of myself that I try to deny or I don't push forward when I'm out in public. I'm controlling. I'm a victim. I'm overly emotional. I'm an intimacy idiot. I'm broken. I'm flaky. I'm commitment-phobic. I am selfish. I'm entitled. I'm arrogant. I'm vain. I am restless, and I'm impatient. To extrapolate on some of those. When I say I'm broken, the fear is I'm unfit to function as intended in the world. Romantic love and a thriving writing career cannot happen for me. My brain doesn't work properly. It's an ADD brain, and everyone has one of those these days, but it truly is neurodivergent. Um, It couldn't fit in with public school, and it doesn't fit in perfectly with the world at large and therefore it's not fit to succeed here in the third dimension it doesn't fit the narrative it's broken i'm controlling i want to manipulate the situation to go exactly as i want i know what i want out of any given situation i also know that i'm strong and formidable i'm the dominant energy who will inform the flow and order of things in the direction I want. But the other person in the conversation will never see it coming because I'm so sweet and disarming. And I'm afraid of losing control over my body. I'm afraid of gaining weight. I'm afraid that my heart condition would spin out of control or I'd have a panic attack. Um, this is threatening to me because my body is the most mind thing that I've ever had. And if anything happens to it, it would impede my ability to be free and to go where I want and to get what I want.
Seeing your shadow makes you so vulnerable. The paradox is, you, you'll worry you'll be unlovable if they saw the real you. But they actually applaud it because they're no different from you. And now they're, feel, they're given leave to air their own vulnerabilities on you. It's like flashing a high sign. My mantra for today is this. All that I want wants me. I am a vibrational match to all that I want. What would life look like if that were true? I'd be strong, I'd be centered, peaceful, empowered. I'd be bolstered and upended by faith that the universe is on my side, supporting me in all that I want. Um, I wouldn't be as mentally scattered. I wouldn't be wondering, do, do I need to be doing that, what those people in my newsfeed are doing? Is, am I wrong because I'm not there in that place right now? To be so out of whack with my own internal navigation system. Um, I would. Make my life simple. And I would live in it. To the reality of my current senses. Because that's all anyone could deal with anyway. So. Monday. I'm feeling a little peaky. From about four sips of wine. I drank folie a deux, and the name portends the truth. My poor body, I didn't want the alcohol. Lesson learned yet again. Spiritually, I didn't want the drink. No, ma'am. I've had no curiosity for alcohol since pride. I don't really need it for a date, but I wanted something. I was excited about the idea of giving myself leave to press the ejection button from my brain for a little while. And dumb myself down a little bit. Soften the borders. Between mind and reality. My date last night was with Alex, the 23-year-old, who I met in a cafe recently. It was attractive how he approached me. He saw me typing, and he asked what I was typing. When he heard I was a writer, he sat at my table. And I bequeathed him a free copy of my book just because, I don't know, something in his manner inspired such generosity. And he it seemed to fit the energy that he was flowing forward to me. And as he read it, he texted me saying, you know, I'm infatuated with you, right? And, of course... That's tremendously seductive for any woman, especially one like me, who gets high on validation. So, Alex, last night, he's 23, 11 years my junior, and he's very Scorsesean. He speaks at the velocity of Scorsese. He kind of looks like a young Marty. He's dark, and he's kind of New Yorkian. He's bespectacled. He suggested drinks at 205 Dry, the local speakeasy, and I ordered dinner. And then when the check came, he asked if he could Venmo me for the drinks he had versus offering to pay for them himself. My feminine ego was definitely triggered. You should have heard the inner calamity. 
Doesn't he know about me? I don't go out with boys who don't buy me dinner. Thankfully, I was able to resist being an ice queen to him. I kept the convo flowing and going. I reminded myself that he had invited me for a drink, and I had ordered dinner. He's also 23 and broke. He just left a job at a diner. So, yeah, I silenced the mean voices because they weren't serving me. And when he texted me a few days later, I forgot to respond. And then when I did respond, he said he had left town because we knew he was moving. And he said he regretted not trying to get inside my house that night. And my feminine ego spat forward this caustic rebuttal of, Oh, you think I would let you inside when you haven't even bought me dinner? Oh, gosh. The anatomy of that just bespeaks prostitution and just transactionalism that my higher self just doesn't like at all. Thankfully, I didn't say any of that to him. But he said something sensual to me, like, oh, I would have, once again, what if he would have gotten inside, there wouldn't have been much conversation. And I told him that I can't do purely sexual conversations with boys anymore. He said he understood, or at least he said, I'm sorry. Maybe he doesn't understand. But that was the last time we spoke. Thank you.